everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hustle Podcast. Yes. Thank you so much. We do have a request though, before we get started, if you have found our content to be entertaining or helpful, would you consider leaving us a review on iTunes? Those five-star reviews really help to make sure that our content gets out there and that our show continues to grow. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Rolando. And we're on episode 374. And this is a theme, the themed episode. That's right. And uh, if you have been following for a long time, you kind of know the structure of Pure Hustle Podcast, how we do things. So basically, every other week, uh, we have a different format. So one week, we do update episodes. We talk about what's going on in our life, reselling related, what's going on in the reselling world at large. And then the following week, we do a themed episode. So we'll talk about specifically one concept, one idea, whether it's shipping or negotiating or, you know, sourcing a new niche. And today we're going to be talking about something that's kind of interesting. And that is this weird thing that's going on where we're seeing uh, prices are, are going up on a lot of things. But when it comes to what we're able to sell on eBay, for the most part, a lot of us resellers are experiencing that prices are actually coming down, right? So we're struggling. We're seeing a, a, a what seems to be almost like a deflation happening in what we can sell uh, and the value of the items that we're selling on eBay. Now, of course, uh, you know, without overqualifying everything, everybody's experience is going to be different. If you're selling like, you know, certain, there could be a niche that you're in that is a, a needs-based niche and your prices could be skyrocketing right now and your sales could be better than ever. But, but f- by and large, the most of the, the, the demographics that listen to us and the types of items they sell, we know that there has been a big hit in the, just the overall prices that they're able to sell items for. Yeah, and it's it's been huge. I, I I I was thinking about this while researching this episode because, you know, it's been a brutal two years. You know, we had good two years. We had 2020 and we had 2021. And then now we're in 2022 and 2023. And and it's been it's been rough. And I, I was looking at how many items I have sold in comparison before. And this time, let's say two years ago, I was selling the same amount of items, making a third more money. So prices have actually gone down. And that's with my higher prices back then. That meant that people were willing to pay higher prices for the items I had. Uh, I went sourcing today and a guy had a bunch of vintage train items. You know me. I'm always willing to pick up vintage trains, like almost almost all the time. If I can get a great bundle, I'll buy them. And I passed on all of it just because I knew, number one, these items have severely dropped in price. It's not like it used to be. And on top of that, they're going to sit for a while, right? So I'm either going to have to drop my price way low, but even if I drop it low, it may not move, but chances of it moving will be higher if I do drop the prices. And then I ran into uh, another guy. I had bought all all these uh, boots, like they were Red Wing boots and some other boots. And it's interesting because you always know when people are resellers because when you look at something and you pick it up and the guy's like, hey, you can you can look it up. They're going for this. And I'm like, oh, no. Right. But uh, I said, yeah, I know. I know. I'm a full time reseller. And we started talking and I still was able to make a deal. But he was telling me, do you remember what it was like when you would pick up Danner boots, Mike? What was yeah. your experience if you ever found a pair of Danner boots? Yeah, Danner boots would... Uh they'd sell pretty quick and for decent money for sure. Right. You'd pay like, let's say, you know, five bucks, maybe 20 bucks at the most. And then you'd maybe get on the bottom end, like $80 or $200, mm-hmm. especially if they're the Gore-Tex ones. 
And he was telling me, you know, when I was reselling two years ago, happened to me all the time. And then I noticed in the last year, those same boots were selling for like 40 to 50 to $60. And that, that's just crazy. And I think that's how it is across the market. I mean, like you said, it's not, it may not be for everyone, but I would say across the board, we just did an episode on our update uh, discussion about how video, the video game market has completely collapsed. Right. And I know we can throw in all these other factors as to why, because, you know, some shady things were happening. But even then, you know, video games uh, that would sell, you know, for thousands of dollars now are selling for hundreds of dollars or games that would sell for hundreds of dollars. Like you'd be lucky to get over a hundred dollars. And so definitely there's been a lot of change. Uh, and, you know, I think it's affecting a lot of people. I, it's, it's affecting me personally. You know, uh, the, the amount of money I was making two years ago. I didn't have to work as hard. I didn't have to sell as much. Uh, you know, I could list my items for high and, and put it at best offer. And it wasn't a big deal where now I'm like, I don't even know if I want to list it high anymore. I still do. I have a major problem. I need therapy for my high prices because I am just terrible. Like I, I do it all the time. I do it all the time just because I'm like, no, nah, somebody will pay for this. And then it'll sit for like two months. And I'm like, okay, I overpriced this. No. So I think it's going across the board. Now, I got a question for you. Do you think Whatnot was a major player in the collapse of prices? Um, I wouldn't say I think it is a major player. I, I would say I think its timing was right for what was happening, and it's more of a symptom than a cause. So one of the things, or at least a symptom, uh, the way Whatnot is currently being used. So what Whatnot has kind of done, and and of course, everybody's experience is different uh, when they're on Whatnot. But a lot of times you go on whatnot and it's resellers or it's people just trying to offload a lot of goods quickly uh, so that they're they're listing things. They're willing to take rock bottom prices. It's immediate auctions, right? Like you set an auction for something on eBay. Mm -hmm. You let it run for a day, maybe the lowest amount. You let it run for a week. You let it run for three days. You get those time frames you can run it for. We're talking like, I'm going to sell this item in like the next 30 seconds, right? Like here, you know, here's my price I'm willing to take. Maybe it goes up. Maybe you sold it at rock bottom. And so people are moving a lot of things quickly. Uh, some people have used that as an opportunity for sourcing. And again, there's always been middlemen. There's been people who buy in bulk and then they kind of bundle up some of the things they buy and sell to other people who will spend the time actually pricing out each item appropriately. Um, so I don't know if I would say whatnot is exactly a cause of the crash in in the market. I think there's broader reasons. You know, the fact that people are hurting for money, people want money quickly. Uh, like you said, the fact that prices are going down, this is a detriment to us as resellers. But there's also there's the flip side of it, which is it allows us just like on whatnot, or if we go to guard sales, people want money quickly. If they care more, they lose in a negotiation, right? Like if they want the money or if they need money in general, more than you need the items they're selling, you're going to get a much better price on those items. And so um, I would say something like whatnot, in my opinion, isn't the cause, but it is a symptom of, you know, the way it's being used of the fact that people are hurting. And you as a reseller, I mean, we've do, done whatnot, not just because, hey, I'm hurting and I need to, you know, make a bunch of money. We just wanted to ex experience it and have mm -hmm. some fun doing it. We got a big bulk buy. And so it's easier than us trying to list all those items individually. However, um, you know, it still can be used of, hey, I've got a thousand hats and I need to offload these and they're not moving. So I'm going to sell them at rock bottom prices and maybe some other resellers can take on that burden. The flip side benefit to us, though, is you can also be picking up people's collections at pennies on the dollar. And if you're willing to hold, 
it, it could turn out in your favor when the markets go back up if they do. Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of torn about it. I, I, I will agree. You know, there are the macro forces and I know a lot of people do not like us talking about the macro forces, but they, they're playing a huge role. You know, the, the rise of interest rates, the whole goal of doing that is so there's less money in the economy, right? Because then that means that people aren't going to borrow as much money. That means that people are going to end up paying more debt back because they don't want to keep incurring those extra interest uh, rates. And so that means people have less money. So that's obviously a factor. Uh, right now, employment hasn't been a factor. Wages have gone up. Uh, so it, it's kind of a tough one. I, I'm a big believer that I do think whatnot, especially in the clothing market, has driven prices way down, way down. I, and I think everyone can attest to that. Uh, you know, you have resellers all the time uh, that go, yeah, I decided that, you know, I'm going to go down the road of of one out because I need this quick cash and it's a, it's a fast way for me to get rent money. And, and that's fine. Like you have to do what you need to do. I'm not I'm not here trying to say like you should you should, you know, fall in line and you should only sell on eBay. And there are people that talk like that. They're like they see people that sell on whatnot as an enemy. I'm not saying they're an enemy. It's just a it's a natural effect. Uh, that took place where people saw a way that they could go to the bins and they could make, you know, maybe not 100%, but maybe, you know, 40 to 50%, sometimes 25% of what they would make if they listed on eBay in a shorter amount of time with less hassle, right? They didn't have to get the perfect pictures. They didn't have to deal with returns. They didn't have to deal with, you know, all these problems that you deal with when you saw on eBay and, and you can get rid of stuff fast and you can roll that over and spend it again. And so you're working really hard, uh, but you're making, you know, quick money and uh, shout out to them. I mean, that's one of the things that I, I struggle with, with whatnot. You know, remember when we had that bulk buy, that was a lot of work yeah. and it was me yeah, and it you. It really was. Yeah. Do you remember like my whole like space, we had clothing and stacks and, and then we had to get the packages together. And I just, it was, it was a night. I mean, we made, we made good money, uh, but we kept our costs low. And so yeah. it was worth it to us. But I remember going, ah, I don't know if I want to do this again. It yeah. was just, it was just so brutal, you know? So, all right. All right. Now, what about thrift stores? Do you, do you, do you think that thrift stores have now become our competitors and not just our suppliers anymore? Or has that always been, I, I really think thrift stores, have been one of the reasons as to why prices have gone down. And, and, and let me let me share this with you. Because thrift store prices have gone up, right? So people aren't necessarily going to thrift stores anymore, right? So people are now just going to the bins. Where be people before would be like, hey, I like going to the thrift store. And, and that's not the case for everyone. But I know here in California, like thrift stores are, are just, you, you're not going to find anything at a good price. At least not in San Diego. I don't know how it is in Texas. But, See, but that's uh, okay. So but, I was going to say, cause I think there's two aspects of, of, of this conversation. So one, okay, okay. the fact that the prices have gone up in thrift stores actually should be a benefit to us resellers. If you're not sourcing from those same thrift stores, because if you're not sourcing from them and their prices have gone up, that should drive people online. So people, more people will be looking online as opposed to, Hey, I, I don't want to go to the Goodwill cause they're crazy price on their shoes and they're this and they're that. I'm just going to go on eBay and buy the ones I want at basically almost the same price. So that should be a benefit to us. I think where we have the the detriment to us as resellers is they've gotten better at not putting out good items at at discount prices. They are whether they've 
got better trained employees, whether they're using AI or whether they're competing against us on their own online selling platforms such as Goodwill Online. I think that's where we are facing them um, as a competitor. Um, I think the fact, I think it's weird to say that that thrift store prices being up, I would almost assume might actually help us other than it's harder to source from them. But I, I think it's, and let me, I want to add more to it. So I think it's driven more people to the bins, right? Because people are like, I'm not going to go spend time at a thrift store. And, and there's a lot more bins now, like a lot more bins than there ever has been. Uh, in San Diego, I mean, we just, you know, we, we added a new bin, but I know like, I think a part of like Colorado, multiple new locations of bins, Texas, you had a new location that just built right by you. Correct. Yep. Right. Okay. And then on top of that, thrift stores, they don't mind, you know, selling items for less than resellers, right? Cause they're just trying to turn and burn. Right. And so a lot of resellers are going also, even though the prices are higher, it's better than sourcing on eBay. And sometimes they're able to snag things at a deal, right? On Shop Goodwill or whatever other site it is. And so that's driving the prices down too, because, you know, to them, you know, did they, how much work did they put into compared to the regular reseller? Right. I got to think about all the work I put into something when I sourced it. Right. I drove out there, I negotiated, I cleaned the item up, I took pictures. But if you're working, you know, a nine to five, at, you know, the store that shall not be named and you just have to list stuff like it's, it's not that big a deal to you. Now, you might have managers and you might have people above you that are saying price it at this item. You might have AI telling you to price it at this item. But chances are it's going to be at lower, lower priced items. Uh, and, and a lot of people talk about that all the time. So I don't know. Uh, maybe people will disagree here. But, you know, the reason I'm trying to share all this is because I, I don't. I don't know if, if prices are going to rebound anytime soon, right? It, they may rebound next year. They may rebound five years from now. But I think it's kind of like inflation. Uh, with inflation, prices never go back down, right? I thought it was, uh, I, I just think it's interesting how people are like, all right, now that inflation's calmed down, uh, you know, prices should drop. And, but that's not the case because as long as there's inflation, prices continue to, to creep. I mean, that's Econ 101. Um, what about re what about reselling becoming trendier? I find that to be another thing because there's so many people out there sourcing and it's it's just flooding markets with items. Or is that an old argument that people have always been saying? Again, it's you know I don't know. It's so hard with these because I feel like they're each one of these arguments could be a double edged sword, right? So okay. um, I think that with with reselling being trendier. Um, that 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 could definitely drop down prices if more and more people are reselling, uh, prices drop, and because it, you've got more competition, uh, and what could lead people to trying to go to reselling could be a bad economy and they need the money and so they're hurting and so they decide I'm going to pick up this side gig. But like we've also talked about, the more people that get into reselling, they're working super hard, they're trying to learn how to do this thing, and it's harder to make money than it was four or five years ago. And so they don't stick around. So I, I just can't imagine like the trendiness of, of reselling in a, as the prices are dropping, like being, being an issue, because I feel like the hardcore resellers are going to stick around. And I feel like more and more people will drop off. It's like finding equilibrium, right? Like that's, that's what the economy is trying to do. That's what a price point is trying to do on an item. The, 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 the desire for that item versus the quantity of that item available, right? It's the, 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 supply and demand, right? That's the basic law of economics. And so I think it's the same thing with things like this. Like a, as it becomes more trendy, there's reasons it did, but if it's not bringing in money, I feel like those people go away and, and, and then it doesn't hurt us in the long run. So it's, I, 
it's weird because I, I think you're right. I think if we do have a ton more competition, but I think it was trendier and I think we actually had more competition, you know, back in 2018, 2019, really? 2020. I think there were more people side hustling then because it was the economy was good. It was easy to make tons of extra money. But if you were, you know, uh, a millennial, you still the the chances of buying a house was out of your out of your 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 budget, right? Even though the money was flowing, prices were up so high on on housing and stuff. So people were getting side gigs, and and a lot of people had side hustles. I just don't see as many people side hustling and picking reselling today as they would have a couple of years ago. I could be wrong though. Yeah, but my counter to that is, you know, back in 2018, if you said you're a reseller, people thought you were weird. Right? Like, really? You make enough money like to survive or what? You actually go to thrift stores and you're able to sell things for this? Or now you talk to most people, like they may not know the details, but they're like, oh, yeah, I know some other guy that sells on eBay. And I know somebody over here that, you know, they do uh, auctions. And I know someone here. Like, to me, it, it's it's not there's not this uh, reaction of like, oh, my, like, are you OK? Or, you know, it's kind of weird. I, I've I've seen it that it's just just kind of normal. Like, and I I've, I would say if if I went, you know, somebody eBay needs to do some data on this one because I want to know, like, you know, how many of a uh, hundred people surveyed are actually reselling, or at least at one time in the last year, they've sold something on eBay. And I, I think the numbers have gone way up. Uh, and, you know, especially right now in this kind of economy, like, you know, people figure out, hey, I can go on, you know, whatnot. I can go, whatnot's a, I think it's a learning curve, but I can go on Poshmark or Mercari or some other site and I could make a few extra bucks. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, but I will say the more people are reselling, the more prices will go down. And again, I'm not upset about it. Um, I do find that a lot of new resellers right now, I'm watching on social media, uh, these, I say, I feel old saying this, but these young guys, like in their early twenties, late teens, and the prices that they're selling stuff for, I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Like you were willing to spend $10 on an item to sell it for 30. I'm like, that's, that's crazy. Like I can understand maybe retail arbitrage, but if you're going to a garage store, or you're going to a thrift store and you're picking up stuff for $10 and selling it for 30, like that's not a lot of margin. It's not a lot of profit being made. And I think I think that's also bringing down the market. I'm not one of the old school resellers that would be like, well, you know, these youngsters need to learn that they need to, you know, raise their prices because people will eventually buy. I To me, it's like whatever. Like it's you do what you need to do. Uh, it's it's kind of like on Amazon. You know, years ago, people on Amazon would always be upset when people undercut everyone by a penny and there would be a race to the bottom. And I used to like post on Instagram and, and would say, like, don't be this person. Don't do this. Now I, I kind of have given up. I'm like, like who, who who's listening to anyone? Who's going to go, you know what? I'm going to, for the sake of, of the moral good of reselling, I'm going to keep this price high. Like, no, no one's going to do that. People are going to sell. And, and if they want to sell it fast, they're going to sell it cheap. And so I find that there's a lot more that happening now than there was back in the day. Uh, just because there's a lot more resellers, which again has been another cause for the drop in price. So, just my thoughts there. Now, one thing that hasn't that that actually has dropped in price to your advantage is my reseller genie. Up through December seventh, if you're wondering what my reseller genie is, it is bookkeeping for resellers. 
If you're tired of using Excel spreadsheets, if you haven't done your taxes, if you're looking for an easy way uh, to keep track of your profit and loss, what you spend on inventory, how much it's sold for, your shipping fees and all that, use my reseller genie up through December 7th. 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. They have a Black Friday deal going. If you can use our code PureHustle50, again, PureHustle50, up through December 7th, you'll get 50% off the first month and you'll be good. Uh, if you're listening to this and it's after December 7th, you can use our code PureHustle and you'll get 15% off the f- first month. So if you haven't signed up yet, do not miss this deal to you know check out that first month for half the price. Yeah. All right, so now let's talk about the things that uh, we need to do, given the situation we're in. Like, we, we can debate uh, forever and talk about <laughs> forever, like, what the causes are and, and what may be leading us to where we're at. And those are interesting. But the reality is we can't do anything about 90% of that or, or even more of that we can't do anything about. So the question becomes, what can we do? And so one of the big things we can do is, is source differently. You know, we've got to do things differently. Uh, and these are things we've always talked about being willing to adapt, being willing to adjust. And sometimes the adjustment is based off of trends. Sometimes the adjustment is based off of, you know, shipping changes. But in this case, adjustment is being b- based off of the price of items as they're moving. Uh, so one of the things you can do is uh, keep your costs low by negotiating better, right? Negotiation is a crucial part of, of, um, the cost that you're getting the items for the price you pay when you pick up an item is going to make a huge difference. In fact, it makes all the difference in the world with how much you can sell an item for and how much profit you're going to end up with. If I buy an item for $5, I'm going to be happy to sell it for $50. Right? If I buy that same item for $25, uh, you know, $50, it's like you were saying, Orlando, like that's, that's a little bit tougher. Like, okay, like by the time it's all said and done, like, shipping and time. And I don't really have as much money that I've made off of this. Now, if I've got that $5 item with 50 bucks uh, offer and they maybe the offer comes in at 40, ah, okay, I can still make that deal. I've got that wiggle room. But if I paid up on that item, I have way less wiggle room. So negotiating at the very beginning, how much you pick up the item is going to make the difference. So pick up, use to your advantage the fact that prices are dropping, right? Use to your advantage the fact that if you're having a hard time offloading certain items at top dollar, so is the person who's trying to sell you the item they're selling you. So don't be afraid to get the price specifically that's more realistic to today, right? You can get stuck a lot of times. There's still times I go to garage sales or a thrift store and I see an item and I get excited about the price. But then again, I remember, oh wait, the market has shifted, right? The, the, these items don't sell like they used to. They don't sell as quickly as they used to. So I now have to take in different metrics, different uh, different data to figure out how much this item is actually worth to me and what I should be picking up for. And that should be a driving factor to cause you to negotiate harder, to be willing to get that price that's actually going to be profitable for you as opposed to uh, paying up or paying what you used to pay maybe even a couple years ago. Yeah, agreed. No, agreed. It's it's one of the things we've been saying for a long time, right? You make your money in the buy, right? When when you're buying, like every dollar that you're able to remove from that price is a dollar that becomes profitable for you later on, right? It allows you to make better better deals when people are trying to buy from you and send you an offer. It allows you to maybe you know promote if you need to promote a little bit more. It allows you, you know, just so much different flexibility than if you're you're paying a lot for stuff. And the prices keep dropping, 
you're eventually going to get into a place that you're going to have to liquidate or you're going to really be in a loss. And even when you liquidate, you're at a loss. That's what liquidation is. Uh, and, you know, I want to encourage people, and this is harder to do. And, I'm, you know, Mike and I, I don't think are the best at this, but finding items that aren't hit by deflation, meaning, you know, you source an item and you go, wow, this item has not really dropped much in price over the last year. It's selling consistently at this price. Uh, and you can do that by using tools like therapy or using tools like WorthPoint. You know, one of the things that I, I respect a lot of people, what they do is they're actually able to see the trend. And so you can do this easily on therapy. You type in your item, right? It depends how specific you get. The more specific you get, the more difficult it becomes. But if you put like a generic, you know, Patagonia, uh, cinchilla, okay. On there. It's going to tell you, like, it's going to give you a graph of how much, you know, the price have gone up and down over the last year. And if you see those prices have tanked, you know, you probably don't want to pick that up. But if you see those prices have been the same all across the board, then that's maybe an item you want to try to find to source. Now, that that's that's the hard part, because a lot of what Mike and I do is we kind of source whatever we find. Right. I go to a garage sale. I go to a local deal. I buy on an estate, whatever it may be. I'm not really looking for a specific item. So this takes a little bit more work. It takes you maybe, you know, putting a search on local deals. It takes you uh, maybe putting a search on eBay or Mercari or Poshmark. It, it has you putting the word out there and getting very more specific. It, it causes you to maybe make an ad on a Craigslist. When's the last time you posted your ad, Mike? I'm just interested. Remember you were making like, didn't you have to like turn away people because you got a lot of phone calls back in the day? Yeah, um, it's been a while since I've done the ad thing. Um, I probably should again. It's weird, though, where I'm at. Craigslist is kind of dead. Uh, okay. Facebook Marketplace is a little bit more. And yeah. um, I don't really want to do the ads there because it's a little bit more personal with like my profile and stuff. Okay, um, okay. I always used to think, oh, I'll just start a, uh, a specific marketing profile. But I, d I think you have to be a member of, of Facebook for a certain period of time um, in order to even have Facebook Marketplace open up to you. And then if you don't have friends huh. on the page, you're going to look more like a scammer. So, yeah. um, so it, I'm less willing to put up ads just because I don't want people to be able to see all my personal Facebook stuff okay, as, okay. as easily. Um, whereas Craigslist, that was easier. So I don't know. I might try again on Craigslist. But again, the reason I bring that up is, you know, if you can find a certain item and this is, this is good for any time, not just right now when things are kind of rough, but at any time, if you can, find a way to keep sourcing the same item that isn't getting hit by these terrible times, like you'll do well. And there are people that have done that. And there's, you know, I'm not going to share the items that I do that with, because uh, <laughs> this is going to out to several thousand people. But, uh, you know, there are some items right now that I source uh, that I sell and they have not been hit by deflation. You know, they consistently have sold the same price. I mean, they hit maybe a little bit, Maybe a 10% drop, but not the 30 or 40 or even 50% on drop compared to other items. So it's a tough one, but there, there's ways to do it. It just it means that you have to be more intentional about what you're doing. Now, what do you think about avoiding trendy items? You think? Yeah, you I mean, that, that, I think that kind of even goes with the idea of being hit with deflation um, and, and buying items that aren't as easily deflated. And yeah, it, when you're picking up trendy items, you're much more at risk for that race to the bottom uh, because trendy items, there's two, there's two problems with them. One, if it's, if it's a trendy item that other people can easily source, then you've got the massive competition that can, you know, happen and you've got that race to the bottom. If it's a trendy item for another reason, 
say uh, a basketball player did something great or somebody is in the news for some reason or a new movie came out. Okay, those items could skyrocket temporarily, but a month later, those prices drop again drastically. And so if you're sourcing those items, like if I went out today and like, hey, I'm pretty sure goosebumps are up. And so I just I just go all in on goosebumps, enough goosebumps stuff to sell me for the next, like that I could be selling on eBay for the next five years. Yeah. Well, that could hurt me, right? Like goosebumps is a bolo now, but that doesn't mean a year from now, people are going to still be hot on goosebumps. So you potentially are going to be in a market that is going to be uh, more problem if it's trendy and and those prices are going to possibly drop quicker than if you're in a more stable market uh, where prices kind of maintain. Yeah, and you de- you definitely have to you know be aware of you know how when things are hot. Like for example, I don't even know where the goosebumps market is, uh, but I I would I gotta look. I should have looked, but I would think that the market is gonna slow down, right? I mean, I got what seven hundred dollars for a set of books, or six hundred something like that. I got a high number, and you know two months before I was only getting around you know uh, two to three hundred dollar offers. Luckily, somebody paid and they didn't pay for $300. And then I ended up relisting it higher. And due to that, I uh, ended up doing really well. So, you know, you always got to pay attention to that. But I got to tell you, like, th- when I say trendy too, I'm, I'm more of the, uh, I don't know, I don't know, this may be controversial, but I, I find right now, if there is somebody that has, I don't know, a huge audience, I'm not talking about like our audience. I mean, we have a big audience, but we don't have a huge audience. And they're talking about a certain bolo or something that they cons- consistently pick up. I'd be, I'd be careful. I'd be careful about that, you know. And I, I'm not saying those people are at fault for prices dropping. It's kind of like I remember when Tommy Bahama dropped in price. People had blamed certain influencers. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, it could be for multiple reasons. Now, did did people on YouTube play a role in that? Probably just a small role, right? We we've done it ourselves, right? I remember remember the early days when I didn't want to mention cricket. Yeah. I was like, let's never talk about this, right? But now yeah. the market, the cricket market is dead, right? Like you can't, like I, 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 I source every once in a while, and even when I do, I'm like, why did I pick this up? Like it's gonna take forever yeah. to sell. That's part of the problem with technology too. Is technology increases, um, the old technology is way less sought after, unless it's a, like a specific vintage, unique thing. Uh, and so yeah, we get the benefits of new technology, and hey, I could take a picture of something, and, and the background will automatically be removed. Versus, oh yeah, but now I can't sell half of my items that I used to buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. Well, you know, it's like in Sandy, like whenever I do my Instagram stories, um, I have gone into the place where like I'll post pretty much anything that I do at garage shows, except every once in a while there will be an item I pick up and I'm like, this is not going in the stories. It's just not because if I do that, there's several thousand people that know about it and it, you know, it's killing it. So you got to be wise about it. But you know, I'm I'm just not talking about me. I'm saying overall, like I've I've seen people mention specific specific brands right now. Um, I'm just gonna throw one out there, like Dixon. Dixon is still good money right now, right? Even if you pick up Dixon flannels right now, you can still sell them for good money. But the market has definitely slowed down. It's not like before. I remember when I bought 20 flannels at one time at the thrift, and I paid 20 a piece, but I made, you know, within a week, I, I sold 10 of them and I made over, you know, 1K. Right. Because I sold not not 1K, it was like 900 something in total gross. And things were hot. Now things have kind of calmed down because there's more stuff flooding the market. And I wasn't, you know, the first, we weren't the first people to mention Dixon. There are a few people that have been mentioning. And so things, things definitely change in, in that scenario. So 
I don't know. You you just, you know, be careful out there. Be careful when you source and make sure that you're not buying risky things that you can get yourself in a really bad place because your margins are too low. Uh, you know, retail arbitrage on Amazon, it's brutal, right? I, I had an item I paid $80 for uh, one year. I've mentioned this before, and now it's selling on Amazon for 120 It's at a, I, Whenever I sell it, it's at a loss, right? Because, you know, I was hoping to sell it for 200 and I did. I sold a ton for 200 Now it's at 120 So if you, if you <laughs> figure out the fees and the shipping, I'm in the negative, and I've lost money every time I sell one of those. So... You know, now that prices have definitely dropped, you want to make sure that you're leaving a ton of room, not only to negotiate, but to compete with others. Because if your margin is too tight, you're just going to end up losing money. Now, one thing that it, we haven't upped the price yet and we haven't been hit by depreciation either is, is our Discord. And a lot of our uh, Hustle of the Week are from our Discord this week. And uh, I got to tell you, like some of these Hustle of the Week we're going to talk about, are pretty awesome and and i love it because we don't share everything that's on the discord because there isn't time uh but we have some pretty awesome resellers that have found some huge scores uh we have a good friend that i keep telling them to you know i told him like send us a voicemail about your rest of the week with all the dolls that he has sold um but uh you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah it's, it's pretty crazy 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 uh, crazy but, crazy but anyways if you want to jump in our discord you know great group of resellers uh, again, it's, I love saying this, like Mike and I are there, but we're just part of the community. Uh, we, I learn a ton. I'm always learning from everybody there. And the way you can get access is by signing up for our Patreon, uh, go to patreon.com slash podcast or go to, go to the link below. And for five fifty five a month, we have not changed that price in, I don't know, two years. Uh, you can join our discord and it's, uh, definitely worth it to you. Uh, and as always, if you want to follow us on social, we're Prioso Podcast and all our social media. We're Prioso Cast on Twitter. And uh, always give us a call at 619-738-1170, 619-738-1170. It'd be nice to get a call because lately we've been getting these uh, fax machines that have been calling us, the, the scammer calls. I don't know. How does that even happen? Like, I don't, I don't Who knows? know what's it's going the on. Matrix. It's the, the Matrix, kind of <laughs> Mr. Anderson. Um, and then you can always shoot us an email, piercepodcast at gmail.com. That's piercepodcast at gmail.com. And thank you to all of you that listen to our podcast. You can always subscribe to us on YouTube. And thank you to everyone that leaves us iTunes reviews. iTunes reviews definitely help us in the algorithm so more people are aware of the podcast. All right. So before we move on into more, uh, you know, dealing with deflation, let's talk about how people's, uh, you know, profitable deals have beat inflation yeah that's uh yeah there's uh there's some things that are still selling for good money and here's some of them so uh, one of them uh narcissist vintage uh from our discord went to the store that shall not be named dun 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 Wait, are we not and doing camp- music oh and eh, i oops my bad i'll do it after after <laughs> Wait, I do let's this play one. it right now all right hold on, let awkward me pause up. come on um, hustlers it's the freaking hustle. Okay. People are listening right now. What's going on? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it played okay, though. It, it played. It played. All right. Because you can um, put it in, right? Yeah, that's true. Okay. Post production. Okay. Hustle of the week. Woo. All right. Hopefully, we didn't start talking over it though. Um. <laughs> so, anyways, went to the store that should not be named and came across a Taylor Swift era's store hoodie for five ninety nine. Uh, listed on eBay and sold for three hundred and fifty dollars plus shipping within a week. Um and made $260 after fees and taxes. That's crazy. I mean, Taylor Swift, I mean, 
I'm certain there's some uh, Swifties out there uh, that are on our fan base, so I will try not to insult anybody. What? But I feel like the Swift Venom phenomenon. <laughs> no, I feel like the Taylor Swift phenomenon. It's almost like a cult, man. Like her following is just out of control. It is amazing. Like I mean, I don't listen to that music, so I'm not sure. Maybe she's great. I don't know, but uh, it is it is pretty amazing how into uh, Taylor Swift people are. So I'm not surprised that this item went for that kind of money. Uh, it's pretty. Cool. It's pretty awesome. You know, we yeah. don't want the Swift army coming after us. But uh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why I said, like, look, uh, she's probably great. It's probably she's probably the best singer in the world. You're totally fine for being a part of the cult. I mean, a part of the the Swifty, you know, club. You're cool. It's good. Yeah, yeah no, no. But uh, it, it is it is interesting though because there, there's did you ever read that there was a news report that came out that actually her concerts help the economy. Like that's how much of a force uh, Taylor Swift has been uh, that it's actually boosted the economy. So yeah, nice work there, narcissist underscore vintage. Uh, that's an interesting name. I need to ask him on Discord how they came about that. But uh, yeah, it's a uh, yeah. Somebody see, there's still things you can find at the store that shall not be named. All right, this one comes from Discord also from True Rarities. I think this is their second or third hustle of the week uh, over the last you know a couple years. It says, uh, was on Whatnot a few weeks ago at one in the morning. Have you ever gone on Whatnot after hours, Mike? No. It's an interesting place. I believe it. Well, you said, remember the early days where we would see people oh, yeah. like gambling and stuff like that? Yeah, I'm telling you, people are doing like full on like, you know, they're, they've got, you know, two two hamsters on a wheel and they're running and they're <laughs> going to sell the they're going to sell whichever wheel was that made the less noise, which was the one that's the fastest. And people are betting on these hamsters running. I'm like, this is crazy. That I don't is, even know what's did happening that really right happened. I mean, pretty much. I mean, that's basically what it was. Like, I'm like, it's like, like yeah, flipping and then cards. There's, there's some cockfighting happening in the back. Yeah, <laughs> the fish racing. It was nuts, man. It was nuts. Interesting. All right. So there are one night at one in the morning and they purchase a lot of five vintage wild game calls for hunting. I didn't know people were selling that kind of stuff. Did you know that? Like when I think of whatnot, I think of like Funko Pops and like vintage T-shirts and baseball cards, but not. I mean, people are gonna people are gonna buy, right? Like if they if you if you got the following, I mean if you're a follow if you if you could bring your following to whatnot, I mean it's a platform, a tool that you could use. So like if you're already an, an Instagram influencer for hunting, right, and you've got all kinds of stuff, you can be like, I'm gonna be selling this stuff over on whatnot. So you could I could see it happening for sure. That's not so even necessarily blessed. just resellers. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. So they bought five vintage wild game calls for hunting for $18 shipped. So mainly just thought they looked old and different. So they didn't really know, but you know, they were like, hey, 18. I mean, I would spend 18 bucks on five of them. I've sold some game calls before. After quite a bit of research, ended up selling one call for $365. It won for $190, one for $75, and the other three for 30 to 50, 30 to 45 a piece. For a total of $580 in profit after fees, definitely don't sleep on these things, folks. So true rarities. And staying up to one in the morning, picking up hunting game calls for $18 and turning it into $500 something. Like that, that is, that's a hustle of the week. And think that about that. Think about that sourcing. Like, were they like just chilling in bed, like looking at their screen? And they're like, oh, here. Like, you know, you didn't have to go to a thrift store. You don't have to drive anywhere. You just boom right there. So, all right, I'm done. 
All right. Is it mine for the next one? It is. It is. All right. Cool. All right. Our next one comes from Carissa from Discord. Uh, Hustle of my entire reselling career so far. That's how you know it's a good one. Um, I posted this in the bolos, but wanted to update now that everything is sold. Went to an estate sale on August the 4th. Was the last estate sale of the day and a bit out of the way, so I almost didn't go. Saw two metal hooks on the end of a table, but didn't know what they were. Looked down and saw uh, three prosthetic arms with hooks. I remember this. Leaning against a chair. Marked at $30 each. Tried to look them up, but there was no signal and price. was uh, So there's no signal. The price was higher than they usually like to pay for items. Uh, eBay search results finally loaded as I was about to leave, and they were great. Ran back inside and was able to purchase all three arms with an additional two hooks for $60 total. Listed the arms that evening for between $350 to $400 each, depending on the condition. Sold all three within two hours. The separate hooks took a little longer to sell, but both sold by August 29th for $125 each. The total profit after shipping and fees was $1,047. Added bonus, the customer purchasing these were uh, were extremely friendly and happy to get them. Uh, One went international and the other two, the hooks, uh, shipped in the U.S. Still in disbelief on this find. Yeah, I mean, you just never know, right? It's Again, it's one of those things, too, where it goes to show you picked up something you, you, you didn't know much about, but you figured there was money there. You made a good choice. And you also found a way to get this item to a person who actually wanted and needed it, right? If you're just selling something like this at an estate sale, the chances of somebody who needs that type of item coming into the estate sale is very, very low. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we do as resellers is we're connecting items yep. to their buyers. So uh, nobody can say like, oh, you're, you know, you swindled and you did this or you, it's like you, you were able to take something that was no, in the middle a of nowhere. At, 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 and get it to a person who needed it, right? So what a what a cool story. I love that. And not only that, the, the person that bought it is thankful because they got it a great deal, right? They didn't have to go retail. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a big believer. And uh, yeah, that's, that's I think we've had, this is like the third time somebody's mentioned like prosthetic limbs. Mm-hmm. I did not know that was a thing. All right, do you want to go your hustle of the week first? Or you want me to go? Uh, go ahead. Okay, so I had mentioned this. This was back in July. I had picked up a bunch of rugs, which again, Orlando is just so those rugs have been sitting. I just haven't I haven't taken the time to get them appraised. Everybody want if, if you're trying to get the update, it's called Orlando's been too busy dealing with all this other stuff. But um I hope to get them appraised. But you know, if you haven't listened to that story, what ended up happening is uh, you know, people I've networked all the time, I get people that call me and go, Hey, you know, I heard you're a reseller, I heard, you know. You, you'll take, you know, you'll take stuff and you'll find somebody that will buy it and whatever it is. So somebody reached out to me, told me about uh, this, this couple over in, in, in a certain part of San Diego. Uh, and it was, you know, it was in La Jolla. I mean, La Jolla is like top tier, like the best. I mean, it's probably the most expensive place in, in the U.S. outside of uh, New York. And so went over there and I bought a bunch of vintage rugs and then I was done buying and I always say this all the time, develop a great rapport with the people that you're working with, especially if you're doing a local deal and you're there for a while. Don't be that person that's super awkward the entire time and just dead silence and just like not talking to people. Now, I'm not saying you can't be awkward talking to people, too. There's some people that don't want to talk to you. But, you know, 
I, I was in conversation with them and I was talking to them. I was, you know, sharing about, you know, my family because they had asked and and it was just it was a good time. And um, what ended up happening is right before the, I left, they go, hey, Orlando, the junk collector is coming tomorrow. Why don't you go through the house and pick up whatever you want just for free? Like, don't worry about it. And if we don't want to give it to you, we'll tell you. And I was like, all right, fine. So I came across this vintage stereo system that was there. I didn't know anything about it. I just know that amps sell for good money. I know that turntables sell for good money. So I didn't even look it up. I just picked it all up. I picked up a bunch of stuff and I went home with it. When I go home, I started doing the research. Remember, again, I it was free. And I paid 250 for all the rug. 250? Uh, yeah, 250 for all the rugs. Maybe I paid a little more. I don't remember what it was anymore, but I didn't pay a ton. So I, I saw the stereo equipment and then I was like, wow, like this stuff is worth money. So I already mentioned one that sold for good money. So this was a another stereo amp. And, you know, the thing is with stereo amps, you can't always test it. But I always tell people, like, if, if you're sourcing a, an item that's electronic and it's in a place that, you know, they're actively using it all the time, you can ask them to test it right there. Or I sometimes just take people at their word. I have a free return policy. And so I'm not too stressed. You know, if they tell me, yeah, we just use it next week is not a problem. Then I move and then I just list it as, you know, it's all good. Um, some may disagree with me, but, you know, if it was working for somebody else, it's not like I'm going to go home. It's not going to work for me. So ended up selling a BNK, a Sonato stereo power amplifier uh, that I got for free for $415 uh, plus shipping. So. Can't, can't beat that. Uh, I sold another amp of those for like 500 too. So definitely, you know, develop that rapport, make those connections. It's worth it to you in the end. All right. What is your, your hustle? <clears throat> All right. So um, I, I think my best hustle recently was probably the, uh, the plates that I sold, but uh, <laughs> I, I talked about those last episodes. So I'm not going to talk about them again. Uh, if you're interested, go and listen to the previous episode. So I would say definitely a smaller hustle, not a big sale, but uh, kind of just one that I was excited for to finally ship out. Uh, so I bought a pair of soccer cleats a long time ago, not soccer, I'm sorry, golf cleats a long time ago. Uh, in fact, these are like metal tip uh, spikes. So I don't even know if okay. metal cleats are even allowed on most golf courses anymore. Uh, but I picked these up for probably, I want to say a dollar or $2 max. Uh, and yeah, at the time I picked them up, I thought I saw some comps going for like 30, 40 bucks. I was excited about that, but they have sat and sat and sat. And then before I moved, like probably a good year before I moved, um, somebody bought them, I packaged them and then they never paid. And so I unpackaged them, but I never put them back in the original tote that they were supposed to be. in. they kind of were just sitting up on this. Like I had this like return section of items that, you know, I wanted to make sure that we we're okay. And it just, it basically got lost. Right. So when I moved, it made it into a random tote. And so when they sold for like full price, not even an offer, just full price sold. It was like, Oh no, where are these? And I looked, I kid you not, Orlando, I looked in every single tote that I own, every one of them. I believe it, it was in the last tote, the very last one that I, I like, it had just a bunch of random stuff. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Right? Like it took me forever, but I was excited to finally have these things gone. Cause like, you know, when they're on your, like uh, basically death pile shelf, you see them forever. So they finally yeah. sold, made a good 30 some some odd dollars for it. So uh, and and the fact that I didn't have to do a item not in stock makes it a hustle for me. No, there, there you go. There you go. 
you know, and I, anyways, I can go on and on, but stuff like that happens all the time. You know, I, I had that today. I had two items that were like that. I had a vintage shirt and a vintage jersey, and both of them were returns that I just lazily threw in some random toe. And yeah, I spent a good 30 minutes, but luckily I found them. So yeah, I agree. It, it feels good once you find those items because, uh, you know, I haven't gotten in trouble yet for canceling, uh, you know, because usually I ask the person and they're usually like, oh, yeah, cancel it. That's fine. Uh, but, you know, that day may be coming. So it's a good thing you found those. So. All right. Hey, before we move on, uh, you know, we're, we're going to talk about here about some other ways you can deal with deflation. But one way you can deal with it, too, is by getting your bubble wrap from American Bubble Boy. The best prices that are out there right now, uh, you know, free two-day shipping, next-day shipping, depending where you're located, free local pickup, uh, awesome deals all the time. We just had Small Business Saturday, and, and there was a lot of great deals that were had, a lot of giveaways. Uh, just, you know, the, the, the owner of the company, Joel, is a great person, and we've always been, we've been connected with American Bubble Boy since day one. So if you haven't yet, uh, make sure to check them out. Go to our link below. Uh, and buy some bowl wrap. They also have some Instapack stuff. You can also get their tape for 5% off uh, using our code uh, Pure Hustle. But uh, in, in the end, it's also the best deal on tape that you can find out there. Uh, better than eBay and better quality than eBay's tape. So definitely check them out. All right. So let's talk about some other ways to deal with deflation. So these are, these are I don't know. I don't know where you land on these, Mike. So I say with uh, since prices are dropping, you got to run aggressive sales, like serious sales. Not, you know, eBay had told us that anything less than 15% doesn't really have an effect. That you always should run a, a sale that's more than 15%. I'm a big believer right now that like your sales need to be, I don't know, 25 to 30% to have any effect because people are looking at sales because prices have dropped. Am I adding to the problem, Mike? Yeah, I mean, there is that aspect that you could be adding to the problem uh, of the race to the bottom and prices going down. I would say you have to run aggressive sales if you're trying to move items. Uh, but that's kind of always been the case. I mean, maybe things are moving faster anyways, but the lowest price item is going to move. And so basically, that's what you're doing when you're running a sale is you're just lowering the price of your item with some of the psychological benefits of you know someone seeing they're getting a sale price for something. Um, but you could, I mean, I don't know if you raised your price by, if you doubled your price and gave a 50% off sale, I don't know if you're necessarily going to be having anything better versus Agreed. you're just the lowest priced item with no sale. So it, it's, I, I would say you're probably right. If you want, if you need money now, uh, you probably need to be doing something like running sales. But again, the problem with that is you, you in some ways are adding to the problem. Other people are now going to have to compete against you. And then you know, you're just, I don't know. Cause some of those items will go back up. Like will Tommy Bahama shirts go back up? I doubt it. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but certain things might, right? Like if you're able to pick up, I always use RC cars as an example, cause that's just an easy one. Like an idea of like a hobby that people get into. But if you're like, if you're able to pick up some RC cars for, for a great deal and they're selling for way less than they normally sell for, well, that doesn't mean that in a year or two, those prices aren't going to go back up. So it might not be the best interest to you to be basically liquidating everything. If you're like, Hey, these are good items and prices will probably stabilize in the next year or two. And I could make a killing on them. If you're able to store them, yeah, store them. But if you need the money, you're probably going to have to run some sales or lower your prices. Uh, another thing you need to make sure you're doing is really be paying attention to 
the other costs of doing business. When you're going out and sourcing, uh, there's things like the gas that you're spending, uh, the time that you're spending, the opportunity cost there, the storage. We just talked about, you know, maybe it's worthwhile holding on to some items, but you know, maybe not. So you you've got to consider all of the other factors that are in place. And one of the things that could happen is you're you're struggling to make as much money as you used to. So you're sourcing twice as much, but you're not actually getting any more items because you're having a hard time sourcing. But now your cost of attaining those items have actually gone up because you're driving way more. So you've got way more gas. You're putting more mileage on your car. Um, you're maybe you're buying items that cost more to ship than than you're used to because you're just trying to get sales. So you've got to factor in all those things. And you know maybe it's worth not picking up certain items or sourcing on certain days because you can be more gas efficient on other days or or something like that. You know this route I can take. I'm going to be able to. Uh, save money if I only source on Wednesdays and Fridays because I'm already driving in that direction. So you got to consider those things in this kind of economy. Um, be wise. You know, we got to it's sink or swim. And those of us that are left swimming, I feel like after this are going to come out ahead. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I don't know when that is. So that's why I'm kind of like countering a little bit. I'm more of like, if if you can sell it now, sell it now. Like I, I'm not, unless it's a highly collectible, like rare thing. Um, you know, like my uh, Freddy Funko that's like three feet tall that I got from a Toys R Us. Like, no, it's not three feet tall, like four foot. I don't know what it is. But like that thing I'm going to keep for a long time, for a long time. But, and maybe it's going to be worthless. <laughs> but but there's a lot, lot of items like right now. And, and, you know, you had mentioned if you need the money, right? If you're full time, you need the money. Unless, you know, you're, you got other streams of income. Uh, you, it's good to just make things happen. Uh, the other thing I wanted to add to that too was the idea that, you know, yes, your your storage costs, right? If you get to a place that you're heavy on inventory and you're thinking about a storage unit or you're thinking about, you know, purchasing something to put on your land or whatever, you got to think about like, is it because you're just, just hoarding stuff, right? That's, I'm guilty of that. Like my prices get too high that my house can look, not my, well, not my house. Luckily, I, I don't have stuff everywhere, but I do have, you know, two rooms that are just, overflowing with inventory at times and it's because number one i haven't listed that stuff so my price keeps going down on these items because i'm waiting to list them and then two uh now i'm gonna get to a place like i won't be able to source anymore or i'm gonna have to find another space that i'm gonna have to rent which that'd be that'd be crazy if i went down that road uh and so just be aware of that because you know, with deflation, if you're not, your prices are too high and you're not being competitive, which again, I'm speaking to myself, uh, you can put it in your place. You put yourself in a place where you have too much inventory. Now, this next one's going to be a little controversial here. Um, I think in deflation, there's, there's, if you play it right, there's a way to keep your shipping even profitable. Uh, and what I mean by this is sometimes people, you know, when they do uh, calculated shipping, uh, they stick with the calculated shipping, right? But it's very possible that you might do calculated shipping, but you're actually going to be able to ship something in a flat rate for less money than the calculated shipping price. And the buyer will pay the calculated shipping cost, right? And I, I see some sellers that say, hey, you should uh, refund that person. And I'm like, no, because you don't know that there might be another item that you miscalculated or costs you more to ship because of where the item is in the country. And so in the end, it balances out. Uh, there's also other opportunities where 
you know, you take a look at you, you are charging somebody for expedited shipping and USPS ground advantage, for example, right now under 10 pounds is cheaper and it's only a day later in some areas where it arrives. So why not make that choice? Uh, I've, I've done that since the beginning. I have had zero uh, issues with it. And I mean, zero. Uh, the only time I've had an item late is because I personally forgot to drop off an item at the post office and it was a day late. Uh, but my tracking, I think I have one item out of everything in the last you know few months that has been late. So, so think about that because that also is going to help you where, you know, your price, you might have priced something super low or you might have priced something and you're like, man, I didn't sell it for what I want. But now because of the shipping, I'm going to make some of that those dollars back. It's worth it uh, to take a look at, you know, doing flat rate, using different carriers. And, uh, you know, you don't have to refund the overage. Um, and I also would say, you know, I, I know some resellers do this. I think there's an option on eBay where you can choose to give your shipping discount to the buyer. And I just I just wouldn't go down that route because even your shipping on eBay is cheaper than you going to the post office or them going to the post office or them going to FedEx. So it, do you think there's something malicious going on here, Mike? I don't know. No, I don't know. <laughs> okay. um, hey, to me, it's like they agreed at the contract. They said, hey, I'm willing to pay this. Then, you know, you honor that, you know, so fair, fair enough. All right. Um, so you got here on your last one. Um, make sure to have a backup plan for the slow times. So are you talking like um, other side gigs, like not putting all your eggs in one basket? Or are you talking yes. about ways of is that that is what you're talking about? I Yeah, I think we're at a place right now where especially if you're full time, like you have to have either another stream of income. You have to have an emergency fund, which we've talked about a lot. Uh, you know, if you're part time, make sure you're not depending on that money to pay your bills that you truly are paying your bills with other income. And this is actually your part time money uh, because we don't know. We don't know how the next few months are going to be. Maybe they are like, you know, you know, what's being said out there uh, in the news and, and through the current administration that, you know, we're at a time of growth and our GDP is high and inflation is low and good times are up ahead or we can be in a really Hard time, uh, you know, and, and maybe it's going to creep on us, right? I mean, Mike and I have been talking about, we were talking about two, three years ago that, you know, we're in a recession and then it was like, oh, no, we never were in a recession. I'm like, okay, well, things are rough. I think most resellers will tell you things are kind of rough. So you you, you got to play it smart in this uh, deflation era of reselling. So anything you want to add to that, Mike? No, I think that's uh, that's good. Okay. So so just just be wise. And again, there's nothing wrong you know, I, 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 I know there's this concept in hustle culture of, you know, burn all the ships, you know, leave no options, make it happen what you have. But when you got a family, when you have kids to provide for, you have a spouse to provide for, uh, sometimes you got to find those other avenues of income and you got to make it happen that way. And so be aware of that because, you know, we don't know what price of rebound next year, hopefully, but it may not be for five years. They may even dip even more than they are now, even though, you know, inflation has gone down, doesn't mean prices are going up in our, in our way of living. So you got to be wise and make those choices. And so hopefully this episode helped you out a lot. Let us know. Do you agree? Do you disagree with what we talked about? You think we're off? Do you, what are you doing uh, to deal with this uh, deflation era and reselling? And with that being said, uh, make sure to be real, be relevant and be reselling. Late. Peace.